I'm Patricia. This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for weekending Saturday the 4th of November. On behalf of everyone here on the Craigavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, Stormfront and from the Lurgan Mail. Crisis is clear, says College Head. Now, there isn't actually a story in the Portadown Times. It's full of pictures. There's pictures of large swathes of uh, the centre of Portadown and the flooding. We also have, uh, between the news and the papers, we've got Ripley Meadows has been badly affected. The meadows itself, the car park has flooded and the road is closed, and it was still closed uh, earlier this evening. Railway Street Car Park has turned into a swimming pool. The Tandragee Road at uh, the Anna Football Ground is flooded. And the Knock Bridge on the Mullerhead Road is flooded. Last night there was a story of a farmer who has sheep in a field near Moneypenny's Lock and uh, unfortunately couldn't rescue them all, but he did rescue some of them. The other photographs include Portadown People's Park, which has been closed uh, to flooding. And we have motorists getting stuck on flooding on the main Portadown to Lockall Road. One or two drivers have been taking chances and there's photographs of them being rescued. We have Park Road residents. Uh, she seems to be up to her ankles in water. And another one standing beside the sandbanks. And then we do have another cyclist trying to negotiate the floods in the same Park Road. But uh, without much success. And that's all the the stories for the Portadown Times um, this week. Why is every child in NI worth less than every child in the rest of the UK in educational terms? That was the question posed by Lurgan College Headmaster Mr Kyle McCallan at the school's recent speech day in this its 150th anniversary year. Mr McCallan said the current crisis in education was clear, with lack of investment, the cuts, the neglect so apparent in education. He pointed to significant issues around recruitment and the retention of teachers, undoubtedly linked to teacher pay and the subsequent ongoing industrial action, which seeks only to see greater parity between our teaching staff and their colleagues in the other parts of these islands. The question, he said, was a simple one. Why is every child in ANI worth less than every child in the rest of the UK in educational terms, he asked. Of course, our biggest challenge is how we, as schools, who passionately want the best for every child, minimise the impact of this neglect on a daily basis. The problem is that we have proven to be so good at this that it seems to be taken for granted and as such the much needed wheels of change continue to move if indeed they are moving at all at an unacceptably slow pace. Mr McCallan revealed that hopes were high that the first sod would be cut on the college's new sports hall and teaching block by December next year if and when capital funding becomes available. Rotochemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday, the 5th of November, the chemist is Orchard of Mandeville Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. 
Next week, from Monday the 6th of November, the chemist is Gordon's of High Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 5th of November. The chemist is Clear Healthcare of High Street, open from 7 to 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 6th of November, the chemist is Boots of High Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. PSNI dubs hate crime level unacceptable. More than 3,000 people have been the victims of hate crimes or incidents across Northern Ireland in the past year, it has been revealed. The statistics were recently released as the PSNI launched a new campaign during Hate Crime Awareness Week. The joint initiative prompts members of the public to put yourselves in their shoes and think about how you would feel if you were on the receiving end of hate crime and to always report any instances they know to the police. The campaign is being run by the PSNI in partnership with the Northern Ireland Policing Board Policing and Community Safety Partnerships and the Hate Crime Advocacy Service. PSNI Hate Crime, Lead Superintendent Sue Steen said, In the past 12 months, more than 3,000 people have been the victims of a hate crime or hate incident and in a modern and diverse society, that is simply not acceptable. Northern Ireland has a reputation of being a welcoming place but that is not the experience of people who experienced hate crimes or incidents. No one has the right to perpetrate hate on any individual simply because of their background, race, religion, faith or how they identify. We all have a responsibility individually and collectively to work to challenge and eradicate hate in our society. It is also critical that victims report their experiences to police as we can only work to prevent crimes that we know about. If you feel that you cannot do this, then we encourage you to contact the Hate Crime Advocacy Service for support. John Blair, MLA, Chair of the Northern Ireland Policing Board Partnership Committee said, Both the Policing Board and the Policing and Community Policing Partnerships want to play our part in encouraging people who experience hate crime to report this to police and call for those who perpetrate such incidents to stop and think how they would feel if they were in the victim's shoes. Michael Avila, Hate Crime Advocacy Service, said, The police and the Hate Crime Advocacy Service work together to support the victims of hate crimes and incidents. We offer a safe and confidential space to provide help to victims and we can support you whether or not you have reported a crime to the police. Free and confidential help is available and we encourage anyone who has experienced a hate crime or incident to contact the Advocacy Service. Three men have now appeared in court following a crossbow incident at around 5am last Friday when a man aged in his 20s was shot twice in the leg in the Ross Moyle area of Craigavon. On Monday, Declan Ward, aged 23, from South Street, Portadown, appeared before Lisburn Magistrates Court via video link from High Bank Prison. 
charged with inflicting grievous bodily harm with intent on October 27th this year. He was further accused of possession of a Class A drug and theft of a bank card, driving licence and coat to the value of £40. Two Craigavon men had appeared in in court on Saturday, October 28th, in connection with the same incident. John Joseph Mulholland, aged 34, from Ardoan, appeared before Lisburn Magistrates Court, accused of the illegal possession of the Class A drug heroin and assault causing actual bodily harm to a man on October 27th this year. Brian Ward, aged 31, from Moiraverty Court, was charged with the possession of a Class A drug, namely heroin, and assault causing actual bodily harm on October 27th this year. Both were released on bail despite police objections. On Monday, when the three charges were put to Declan Ward, the defendant responded that he understood them. A PSNI constable told the court, On Friday, October 27th, police received a report from the ambulance service. They were in Craigavon, where it was reported a male had been shot twice in the leg. On attendance, police spoke with the IP injured party, who alleged he had been subjected to a prolonged assault, during which he was shot twice in the leg with a crossbow. He alleges he attended the home of his friend, the defendant, Brian Ward, in Moiraverty Court, Craigavon. He states while there, Brian and him were drinking and they were subsequently joined by the co-accused Declan Ward and John Mulholland. After a period of time taking controlled drugs and alcohol, an argument broke out between the gentlemen. The accused party alleges that the co-accused began assaulting him on the head, face and body. During the assault, it was alleged the co-accused lifted wooden planks and beat the injured party about the head, before Declan Ward lifted a crossbow and ordered the injured party to lower his trousers. The injured party states that Declan Ward fired a bolt from the crossbow into his left thigh before removing it and firing the bolt back into the same left thigh for a second time, all whilst the other two accused were punching and kicking the injured party to the head and body. The injured party alleges that as he began to leave the property, Declan Ward removed his coat and took his wallet from the coat, removing a bank card and a provisional licence. The injured party made his way to his grandmother's house, where he contacted ambulance service and police. Police attended Moiraverty Court, where the three co-accused were all arrested. During a seized search of that address, police seized a number of items, including a crossbow, crossbow bolts, suspected Class A drugs, a bank card and provisional driving licence belonging to the injured party. All three defendants were arrested at the time for GBH with intent. Declan Ward was further arrested on suspicion of possession of Class A controlled drugs and theft. The officer said Declan Ward made a no-comment interview, adding that the injured party had undergone surgery on Saturday when they suspected he had a chip in his left thigh bone. However, there were suspicions now that the bone had split and he would require further surgery involving pins. And he managed to get to his grandmother's house, 
District Judge Rosie Waters asked. The police officer said he managed to get away. He is under a substantial amount of fear. Once he got out of the address, he managed to get away from there as quickly as possible. The constable said there were quite a few concerns and said Declan Ward posed quite a risk to others. He added, the IP has alleged that Mr Ward stated that if he went to the police, Mr Ward would find out where his mother's address was and burn it. Police have information to suggest that over the weekend, the defendant's family have been making inquiries into the IP's family address in the Craigavon area. He said there was a fear Ward might abscond and at the time of the incident was unlawfully at large. Ward's solicitor said his client had been released on bail with the solicitor's colleague who accompanied him throughout the day to find a suitable address. When there was no address, Ward said he wouldn't go back to prison. He added that Declan Ward had 51 previous convictions, five for common assault and five for serious assaults plus 34 previous warrants issued for him, 17 for failing to appear. He had also been detained on breach of bail 13 times and had been managed by police for being a violent offender. District Judge Waters said in relation to Declan Ward, she was concerned about the commission of further offences and that he wouldn't turn up for trial. She refused bail. The case was adjourned to Craigavon Magistrates Court on November 24th. Threatened X on prison phone. A 26-year-old man has been given a five-month jail term after he threatened his ex-girlfriend via a prison telephone. Lawrence Francis McVeigh, whose address was given as His Majesty's Prison McGabry, recently appeared via video link at Craigavon Magistrates Court charged with two counts of breaching a restraining order, common assault and theft. Charges of criminal damage and threats to damage property were withdrawn and barrister Damien Halloran said his client was pleading guilty to the remaining charges. A prosecutor said that on Thursday the 25th of May this year, police were made aware via a social worker of a domestic incident at about 4pm on the May the 6th this year involving the defendant and the injured party, the latter alleging the defendant arrived at her house in Lurgan demanding £20 in breach of the restraining order in place. An argument had taken place between the two parties, said the prosecutor. It was alleged the defendant slammed the front gate in anger causing approximately £100 in damage. The defendant was alleged to have grabbed the injured party's hand, lifting the acrylic nail off her hand, resulting in the nail being ripped off. Before leaving the property, the defendant is alleged to have taken a key belonging to the injured party without her permission. On the 21st of June, the injured party reported to police that at midday on that date, the defendant had once again breached the restraining order by contacting her via phone from Magabry Prison and making threats to damage her home. Police obtained phone recordings from Magabry Prison, which outlined that 
The defendant phoned the injured party's sister and asked her to merge a call in order to speak with the injured party as her number had been blocked from the defendant's prison phone account. Full admissions in interview. Mr Halloran said, Firstly, he has been in custody since July and he is entitled to the entirety of that. Secondly, this was an, an arrest at the gate. He has been in custody from much earlier in the year, albeit he doesn't get any credit for that in respect of this case. I did make the point to the police, who were well aware of the fact that Mr McVeigh was in custody and waited until the day of his release before he could be charged in respect of these matters. This relationship is now over. He has shown in his remorse by virtue of his guilty plea. I have to accept he has a significant criminal record and this is aggravated by the second breach of the restraining order. District Judge Bernie Kelly said it was the second breach in relation to the matters at hand but not the second breach in total, adding It looks like he just gets straight out of prison and goes back and repeats it. Mr Halloran said it had got out of control but the defendant now accepted he couldn't get back with the injured party. Ms Kelly said, I'm going to suggest to the prosecution that if he appears back for anything similar, he has run out of room in the magistrate's court for sentencing. If there is a way to take him to the Crown Court the next time, that should be done, even on the domestic abuse which carries up to 14 years. The district judge imposed a five-month jail term in respect of each charge, with the £25 offender's levy attached to the first. Police plea to parents to be wary over organised fights. Police have urged parents to monitor their children's social media activities to ensure they don't get involved in organised fighting. With just one punch, lives can be destroyed and families' lives ruined forever. And any organised fights amongst young people must stop immediately before someone gets seriously hurt, a PSNI spokesperson warned. What may start off between one or two people can quickly escalate and the potential for serious injury cannot be underestimated. Younger children in particular could find themselves in a situation that is potentially very dangerous. We are giving fair and due warning that anyone caught engaging in this reckless activity will face the consequences of their actions and could run the risk of ending up with a criminal record, which will impact on the rest of their lives. Your neighbourhood policing team continue to work tirelessly with a wide range of partners on a number of programmes to educate children about positive lifestyle choices and to help provide schemes that constructively engage and challenge these young people. However, we must stress that this is not an issue that can be addressed by police alone. We are asking all parents and guardians of young people to take responsibility and to know what their children are up to even when they leave the house, even more so this half term when they are likely to be out and about. Please closely monitor the social media apps your children are using and talk to them at home about the dangers of getting caught up in this sort of dangerous behaviour. A 72-year-old man has appeared in court accused of indecent exposure in a public swimming pool. Kenneth Joseph Guiney, 
age 72, from Mossbank Road, Portadown, appeared before Craigavon Magistrates Court on Friday, October 27th. Two charges were read to the defendant, namely that he committed an act of a lewd, obscene and disgusting nature by exposing your person to a female on September 28th this year, and further that on the same date he committed an act of a lewd, obscene and disgusting nature and outraging public decency in a public swimming pool. The defendant was asked if he understood the charges and confirmed that he did. A constable said she was aware of the facts and circumstances of the case and could connect the accused to the charges. Guinea solicitor Richard Monteith said there were no questions in relation to the connection. The case was adjourned until November 22nd. Communication issues in court. The case of a 43-year-old man accused of a number of offences including threats to kill, false imprisonment, assault and domestic abuse has been adjourned until the 17th of November. On Friday the 20th of October, Christy Anadabvan, aged 43, from Watson Street in Portadown, appeared in the dock at Craigavon Magistrates Court, where he stood accused of a number of offences, namely possession of offensive weapon with intent to commit an offence, threats to kill, two counts of false imprisonment, assault and domestic abuse on the 17th of October this year. He is further accused of attempting to assault a woman on dates between the 1st of April and 30th of April this year. The hearing was one marked by communication issues, the courtroom erupting in laughter at one point when the defendant's interpreter referred to District Judge Bernie Kelly as Your Majesty. The district judge asked the interpreter, who was appearing via video link, to ask the defendant if they could hear each other. The interpreter said in English, Hi, can you hear me? The defendant replied also in English, Yes. The district judge said to the interpreter, I am missing something here. I understood you were asked to come here today and interpret in a language other than English because the defendant doesn't speak English. Can you ask him in his native language whether he can hear you and confirm to me what he has replied to you in his native language? After speaking to the defendant, the interpreter responded, Yes, Your Honour. He said that he could hear me. District Judge Kelly asked him if he was happy enough that the defendant understood the language he was using to interpret. After speaking to the defendant in his native tongue, the interpreter said it was okay. The charges were read in English, but there was confusion over translating those charges to the defendant. The interpreter said he was currently having a chat with the defendant to know exactly what happened. The district judge said, You do not have to have a chat with Christy right now to know what happened. All we need to know is that he understands the charges he faces. My clerk is patiently reading these charges in English and we are patiently asking you to translate them into whatever language it is that Mr Christie is conversant in. That's all we are asking you to do. Do not chat with Mr Christie. Kindly just read the charges. 
the district judge asked the prosecutor to connect the defendant to the charges he faced. On questioning by the prosecutor, a police constable said she could connect the accused to the charges. Defence barrister David McCune asked if the interpreter could explain that there would be no bail application as there was no available dress, which the interpreter did. The defendant spoke to the interpreter who said, Your Honour, he would like to explain something to you, Your Majesty. This provoked laughter in the courtroom. The interpreter said, Your Honour, he says that he has not done such mistakes and he is not knowing what happened exactly. Well, between the two papers this week, we have 18 pages of photographs, but we're not going to go through them all, which might be a relief to the team. One of them is the Apple of Rich Hill's Eye, which is Rich Hill Apple Fair Day, which celebrated the locally grown Bramley Apple at an open-air market with music and entertainment. We have Halloween fireworks, which light up the sky over Craigavon, and with some pictures of some rather scary-looking people. We have Portadown College Rugby Annual Table Quiz with uh, a number of, it's mostly adults and uh, including the light refreshments. We have Orchard County Primary School Nursery Unit with a lot of happy little smiling faces dressed up in all sorts of things. We have a charity basketball tournament and the uh, Good Boys basketball team and we have... A dream team from South Lake Leisure Centre, among others. We have fair day pictures. I'm not sure where the fair was held. It doesn't say. It just says. Uh, I think I believe. I think it's possibly the Rich Hill Apple Fair Festival again. We've got Tandragee Junior High School prize giving day with uh, a former uh, pupil presenting a. a with a trophy for academic achievement. Among others, we have Lurgan Ladies Hockey Club with some pretty young girls in uh, rather glamorous dresses. And we have Lurgan College Speech Day with pictures of the young ones who took part in that and the prize winners. And now the local government news. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart last week downplayed a suggestion that talks aimed at restoring the Stormont executive were in their final phases, following NI Secretary Chris Heaton Harris's claim that negotiations with the DUP were in a more positive space. Ms Lockhart said her party's position remained that there was still no solid basis for restored power sharing. Pressed at the Northern Ireland Affairs Committee on whether he was prepared to act to end the stalemate if agreement could not be reached with the DUP, the Northern Ireland Secretary said he was not of a mind to change the principle of consent enshrined in the Belfast Agreement. Blocking power sharing for more than a year in protest at the international UK trade barriers created by Brexit's NI Protocol The DUP says the EU and UK Windsor framework deal to reform the protocol does not sufficiently address its concerns and it will not accept a return to devolution until the government provides further assurances over Northern Ireland's place in the UK internal market. 
Committee Chair Simon Hoare, having asked Mr Heaton Harris for a robust and frank update on negotiations, the Northern Ireland Secretary said his primary focus was on getting the Stormont Executive back up and running. We have had long and ongoing talks over the summer, he added. They are in their final phases and in a much more positive space than they have been previously. Ms Lockhart, however, said party leader Sir Geoffrey Donaldson had set out the DUP position with great clarity at the party conference. There is no solid basis for an executive and assembly until we have arrangements that restore NI's place in the UK internal market and our constitutional arrangements are respected, she said. We all want to see devolution restored and we are continuing to engage in discussions with the UK government to try to bring about the fair and sustainable conditions that are necessary to get the Assembly and Executive functioning. Tributes paid after tragedy in the Mourns. The family of a ported down man who died while in the Mourn Mountains has asked for donations to be made to the Mourn Mountain Rescue Team. Gareth Prudeau's body was recovered from the Mourns last week. The 41-year-old has been reported missing to the police. A rescue team sent 12 members into the mountains near Annalong at around 7pm last Tuesday evening, the 24th of October. The operation was stood down just after 11pm. Tributes flooded social media as the news emerged of the sudden death of Mr Prudeau, married to Julianne and father of three children, Ashton, Tom and Jamie Lee. One person said, Heartbreaking, deepest sympathy and condolences to Gareth's family at this very sad and tragic time. May God guide you in the coming hours, days, weeks and months ahead. He was always happy to help in Craigavon Area Hospital. A gentleman. Another said, Gareth, you were one of a kind and always made us laugh out loud any time you walked into the lab. You will be sorely missed by us all in Craigavon. Words completely fail at this heartbreaking time. Sending love and prayers to Julianne, Ashton, Tom and Jamie Lee. Still another said, Julianne, we are all thinking of you and the family at this difficult time. Gareth was always a pleasure to deal with in his work. Deepest condolences to you all. A fourth person said, absolutely devastating news for Julianne and her family circle. Deepest sympathies to the entire family circle. A funeral service was held on Wednesday in Thomas Street Methodist Church, followed by a private cremation. Donations in lieu of flowers are for the benefit of the Royal British Legion and the Mourn Mountain Rescue Team. They can be made via the Milne Funeral Services website or via cheque to the address 59 Seco Road, Portadown, BT 6355. H.S. And other deaths, McKittrick, October 23rd, 2023, peacefully in Craigavon Area Hospital, former of Summer Island Road, Loch Gull, Thomas James Stephen, loving husband of Mildred and father of Colin, Philip, Lindsay, Mark 
and much-loved granddad of Adam, Luke, Art, Arabella, Rhiannon, Caitlin, Bailey and Amberly, loving son of Elsie and the late Belle, dear brother of Mooring, Phyllis and the late Valerie and nieces and nephews. Funeral service took place on Thursday the 26th of October to Tully Roan Methodist Church followed by an interment at Cloven Eden Churchyard. We have one advert for you. There's an autumn sale offering 20% off for menswear. One or two exclusions apply. And you'll find that at SD Kells in Portadown, with an office in Lurgan and in Banbridge. And now for the sport. A total of 120 courageous souls representing 48 crews from eight esteemed rowing clubs across Ireland recently gathered at the Banfoot to take part in the annual Portadown Boat Club Mariscal Race. The, cr- the crews were greeted by warm sunshine as they took to the water in conditions ideal for the 15k endurance race, with a promising tailwind for most of the day. In a spectacular display of skill and determination, the Ligon Scholars foursome of Watts, Oliver, Hull and McBurney blazed down the 15k course from the Banfoot to Portadown PBC, clinching overall victory. Their phenomenal performance shattered the existing record by over three minutes, completing this year's event in a remarkable 53 minutes, 57 seconds. The Portadown host celebrated the triumph of homegrown talent, especially former Portadown rower Nathan Hull, who achieved international glory by securing gold for GB in the 2021 European Championships Under-23 category in the Double Skull event. Visiting clubs were duly rewarded for their efforts, with Methody College leading the medal tally, claiming victories in various categories, including Junior 18 Men's, Junior 16 Men's, Junior 15 Men's, Women's Junior 18 Quads and Junior 18 Women's Single. Ligon Scholars secured first place in the men's double in the open category, while the Athlone crew of Gallon and Kenny triumphed in the men's masters double. The talented team from Coleraine seized the doubles prizes for junior 16 men's. In an impressive solo endeavour, Jerry Murphy from Pretoria clinched the men's master single, while Claire McCann on her home waters claimed the women's master single title. The City of Derry mixed doubles crew of McKinney and Tucker demonstrated that age is no barrier in rowing, clocking in at 106. A special recommendation was reserved for former Paralympian Eilish Byrne, who crossed the finish line to thunderous applause in 201. Eilish, the first para-rower to complete the Mariscal, eagerly anticipates her next competitive event. Since age 13, Eilish has defied spina bifida, excelling in horseback riding and eventually competing in show jumping and dressage events at the highest level. A bronze medalist in the 2012 Paralympics as part of Ireland's dressage team, she embraces the challenge of rowing at age 59. Donald cheers his first Blues win. 
Stephen McDonnell hopes Glenavon are starting to turn a crucial corner after he picked up his first league win at Lurgan, as Lurgan Blues boss with a 3-1 triumph over Carrick Rangers. Peter Campbell's first half brace and a Nile Quinn strike helped move the visitors off the bottom of the, tap- of the Premiership table and it marked their first league win since victory over the same opposition under interim manager Gary McAllister at Mournview Park last month. Carrick had equalised through a smart Curtis Allen finish in the 37th minute, only for Campbell to double his tally soon after, and Stuart King's side were also reduced to 10 men in the second half when Joe Crow was shown a straight red card. McDonnell felt his side were full value for the three points at the Lockview Leisure Arena. In terms of numbers, I think we created more chances in the final third and we were able to capitalise on those moments, he told the club's media channel. We're really pleased. The first goal comes from a routine that we've been practising over the last number of weeks and the second from a second ball after a throw-in. Peter does really well to keep it alive and finish with his right foot, which he probably isn't too renowned for. The last goal comes at a great time. It's a good move and a great decision from Niall Quinn to reserve it with his right across goal because the goalkeeper isn't set. It's very pleasing. We defended really well and I thought we controlled the conditions and opposition. McDonnell will be hoping this result can act as a springboard for his side as they enter what is an important period of the season. The Lurgan Blues take on four current fellow bottom six sides in November, starting with Dungannon, Swifts, at home next weekend. It's as results, business, and it won't up to us to turn our fortunes around and get more wins. But we want to do it in a certain manner, he added. I hope the fans can start to see what we are trying to do. We would encourage them to keep coming and having the vocals from the terraces really helps. Even the small wins and getting up the pitch when you hear a shout or two from behind the goal is certainly encouraging to the players. And now for some general news. A Lurgan mum has welcomed news that children in Northern Ireland are now eligible for a trial screening programme to identify those at high risk of developing type 1 diabetes in the future. Funded by Diabetes UK and JDRF and ELSA, which is Early Surveillance for Autoimmune Diabetes, programme aims to recruit 20,000 children aged 3 to 13 for at-home finger prick blood tests to assess their risk of developing type 1 diabetes. Home testing kits are now available to families throughout Northern Ireland. Around 1 in 100 children will require follow-up venous blood testing available within the Southern Health and Social Care Trust. Launched in England, Scotland and Wales in November 2022, the trial, the first of its kind for the UK, will lay the groundwork for the development of a potential future UK-wide screening programme, transforming how type 1 diabetes is identified and managed in its earliest stages.
Moira Baptist Church will play host to a Christian writing and book fair this coming Saturday, November 4th from 10.30am to 3pm. Ballymena authors Jane Dunlop and Joe Boyd will be among the speakers. Jane, who is a talented broadcaster, writer and former member of Ballymena Borough Council, will be selling copies of Faith, Hope and Reality, My Cancer Journey which she penned to mark her five-year recovery from the illness. Former Ballymena Times Church's correspondent, Joe Boyd, who now writes for the MCC-run www.churchpage.com, will be promoting his three books, Trading Places, From Hopelessness to Happiness, Trading Mindsets, God, Faith and Disability, and Wounded Not Wasted, Broadcasting Hope, in lockdown. Also taking part, devotional writer Catherine Campbell has spoken at ladies' events including day conferences, breakfasts and weekend conferences in the UK, Ireland, Canada, Austria, Germany, Turkey, Thailand and Australia. Lurgan in line for a new state-of-the-art station. Politicians have welcomed an outline proposal for a new state-of-the-art railway station in Lurgan. The proposal has been submitted to ABC Borough Council. A TransLink spokeswoman said the proposal includes the construction of the state-of-the-art train station complemented by additional park and ride facilities, shelters and a pedestrian cycle bridge connecting the building to the platforms. The proposal will be subject to planning permission and funding approval by the Department of Infrastructure who said further progress depended on an assessment of the business case made by TransLink and the availability of funding. Lurgan-born astrophysicist Professor Louise Hara has been awarded the prestigious 2023 Cecilia Payne Gaspachin Medal and prize by the Institute of Physics. Professor Hara is a member of the leading astronomical research centre, Armagh Observatory and Planetarium's management team. Indeed, it was a school trip to the planetarium which inspired her vocation in life. A former Banbridge Academy pupil, Professor Hara was recognised for her pioneering contributions to the development of extreme ultraviolet imaging and spectroscopy instrumentation for solar space emissions and how that can be used to enhance our understanding of the sun. Professor Hara now resides in Switzerland. Three brand new play parks are now officially open at Woodlands in Guildford and the Birches and Mahon Road in Portadown, following a £200,000 investment by Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council. Local children gave the thumbs up to the new facilities as they joined the Lord Mayor, Alderman Margaret Tinsley, community representatives and schools, contractors, elected members and council officials to cut the ribbon and celebrate the work that enabled the play areas to become a reality. Consultations were carried with the community and schools in each area to identify their needs and cater for children and young people up to the age of 14. Each play park features junior and senior units, basket swings, swings with an inclusive harness, monkey bars, inclusive roundabouts, seesaws, springers and play panels. Children from Guildford Primary School, Birches Primary School and Millington Nursery School attended the official openings. 
as part of the Council's commitment to sustainability and play development programme, sustainable surfacing has been installed at the Mahon Road Play Park, Nagy Grind, a one-of-a-kind product that transforms used sports shoes into fully tested, impact-absorbing rubber surfacing, has been applied around the roundabout. The 200k investment is part of Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council's 4.75 million play strategy, which will see a number of play parks across the borough refurbished, alongside the Council's commitment to non-fixed play. Contractor works were carried out by Farrens and Garden Escapes. A display of seven motorcycles ridden by some of Northern Ireland's greats, including Portadown's road racing legend Philip McCallum, has opened at the Ulster Transport Museum. The exhibition has been made possible through support from the National Heritage Memorial Fund and the Department of Communities. Owned and restored by the late motorcycling enthusiast Ivor Skelton, the bikes are in show in the museum's Driven Gallery, reopened to the public after closing briefly over the summer. They include a Yamaha R1 on which McAllen earned his final road racing success at the Tandragee 100 in 1999 before retiring. It was a great honour, he said, to see his bike among the others in the exhibit. I came here to the Ulster Transport Museum when I was a kid to look at machinery and bikes and cars and I never ever thought that one day my bike would be in the museum, he said. Also on display are Balamoney legend Joey Dunlop's 1978 Yamaha, his brother and fellow road racing great Robert's 1986 Honda, a 1977 Spondon Yamaha raced by Tom Heron, Cole Rain Man, Owen McNally's Honda, and a 1976 Maxton Yamaha, raced by the Armoy Armada's Frank Kennedy. Ryan Farquhar, the most successful Irish national road racer ever, is also represented with a McAdoo Suzuki superbike he rode at the 2003 Northwest 200. A Lurgan-based surveying professional, Carolyn Brady, has been crowned Surveyor of the Year at the NICS Maastricht Surveyor Awards, which recognise the most inspiring and influential surveyors who have been qualified for up to 10 years. Carolyn, a building surveyor and regional lead partner for global quantity surveyor and construction consultancy firm Ryder Levitt Bucknell, won the Building Surveyor Control Surveyor of the Year Award, in addition to securing the overall RICS Matrix Surveyor of the Year title in the face of stiff competition from other category winners from around the UK. She was one of five women on the list of 11 category winners in the year when female professionals represented just under 45% of those shortlisted, despite making up just 18% of the UK surveyors. The number of women shortlisted this year was 150% higher than in 2018 and 350% higher than in the awards inaugural year in 2014, an increase that has happened in a period when representation of women in the industry has become much stronger. 
Months after it was demolished for structural reasons, plans are afoot to replace the Moylin footbridge. The bridge, used particularly for access to Craigavon City Park, South Lakes Leisure Centre and the bus stop for Portadown and Lurgan, had been deemed unsafe structurally. However, following a recent meeting between Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council and the Department for Infrastructure, DFI, it has been revealed that proposals to replace the footbridge are progressing. Alliance Councillor Robbie Alexander said of the meeting, I highlighted the importance of a replacement footbridge for Moylin in order to reinstate this important community link. DFI outlined that the next stage of the process will be the submission of a planning application to Council. A tender for the construction will then be issued in spring of 2024, subject to planning and budget approval. Julia lifts an award from Star Keith. Six days after he was hospitalised in Dubai following his extreme Mount Kenya challenge in aid of autism awareness, Boys Own star Keith Duffy made the trip to Portadown for a surprise award ceremony, ceremony for local woman Julia McKeever. Julia, who founded the Autism Hive just over a year ago after her son Luke O'Hara lost his life to suicide, was honoured with a special National Lottery Award at the Seagull Hotel. Suicide is regarded as one of the leading causes of death for people with autism and the Autism Hive provides suicide prevention measures, intervention and post-intervention support for those with the condition and their families. Luke was just 25 at the time of his death and as his mum looked for answers she realised there was a need for young people and their families to have more community support. Now she has been recognised as the community charity winner in the 2023 National Lottery Awards, which recognise the inspirational people who do extraordinary things with the help of lottery funding. Former Coronation Street star Keith presented Julia with her trophy. He has had been fundraising for autism for more than 20 years, through the Keith Duffy Foundation and has worked to help raise awareness for children with autism since his daughter Maya was first diagnosed with the condition at the age of 18 months. Keith shared how his daughter was initially non-verbal and how they challenged views that his daughter may be one day institutionalised. He is very proud of his daughter who is now in her 20s and recent graduated from a university in Dublin and is currently working for a medical firm. Passengers on Aer Lingus International Flights are now able to enjoy a tapas snack box developed by Burn Balsamics in Rich Hill. The tapas boxes contain some olive tapenade made with the company's citrus white balsamic vinegar as well as some pickled tomatoes that are all developed and made in Rich Hill. A multi-award winning producer of balsamic vinegars, relishes, chutneys and jams, Burn Balsamics has an established business relationship with Aer Lingus that has featured the development of an onion jam for international flights. It has also started exporting to Dubai and can now be found in Spinney's and Waitrose alongside Reuter Gold Rapeseed Oil from Limavadi. 
the Erlingus contract consolidates the reputation of Burn Balsamics as one of Northern Ireland's leading and most successful innovators in artisan foods, especially for high-profile customers in international markets. The company, run by Susie Hamilton Stubber and Bob MacDonald, two respected chefs, includes Harrods and Partridge's in London, among its portfolio of influential customers for its extensive range of fruit-infused balsamic vinegars. A Lurgan Junior High School pupil recently won recognition at the Northern Ireland Aquine Awards. Ellie Mae McConnell is a queen, is a keen equestrian and a member of Mossvale Riding Club. Nominated in the Young Person Recognition category, the 13-year-old attended a gala ball at Titanic Belfast, where she was presented with her award by Pete Snowden. Reflecting many of the comments from nominators, those who know Ellie May best describe her as someone who lives for her pony, Rosie Lou, and loves anything to do with horse riding. She is known for her perpetual smile and a willingness to go out of her way to help others, especially her younger peers. As can be seen from different examples, those nominating Ellie May for her clearly well-deserved award highlighted her kindness, friendliness and hard work, her supportiveness and helpfulness, her talent and her caring nature, dedication and commitment. A suspected wartime munition was made safe at Oxford Island last Wednesday night, the 25th of October, during a security operation. Advising drivers who had left their cars in car park that they were, fr- were, free, vehicles to c- were free to collect their vehicles, a PSNI spokesperson said afterwards, the Oxford Island area has now fully reopened after a suspicious object was discovered there earlier today. The object, which was a suspected wartime munition, was examined by ATU officers and made safe. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. If you're a member of a church or other organisation which invites guest speakers, please keep us in mind. You can email craigavantn at gmail.com or put a note in your wallet, but remember to add your phone number. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Michaels for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing with me this week was Peter. Our technician was Michael. And reading with me this week were Jackie and Ewell. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Patricia signing off. Hopefully Angela will be back with you in four weeks. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. This team should be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet and memory stick. Please do not use a post office counter in a shop, but use a post box to avoid damage to the wallet. Sound News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production.